I'm, I want to tell you a story that happened back in 2000 or 2022. Seems like a really long time ago, uh, but a lot's happened since this story. I learned a lot about insurance, a lot about fire, flood, remediation. Uh, learned a lot about how insurance companies and restoration companies, and then like you know the, the client don't always get on the same page. So way back in 2022, I was picking my daughter up from preschool. She's in the Penguins class. If you're wondering where the Penguins class is, is if you go through the door to your left again, but instead of going down to get your children from Children's Church, you go into the preschool and then hang a left. It's the door that has the penguin on it. It's in the back corner. It's a lot of fun in that classroom. And after school, I go to the Penguins room and I get Nora and all of the things that comes home with her uh, from preschool, and we hold hands and we would walk towards the sanctuary. And as we ex exited the preschool, just before we got into the sanctuary, the grip on her grip on my hand would get less and less and less. And then once we got to the sanctuary door, she would let go of my hand, take off running to the baptismal font, which is right in the middle of our room. It's at the center of our life together. And as I'm entering the sanctuary, because obviously it's not appropriate for your pastor to run through the church, she would be up on her tippy toes, hands just barely into the bowl, her fingers unable to reach down to the water, but she's pulling herself up with all of her might, using every ounce of, of four-year-old power that is in her little body. Pick me up! Pick me up, Dad! Pick me up! And this is over the sound of caregivers and parents with their children moving through the sanctuary, going back to their vehicles. My child yelling, pick me up! Pick me up! Pick me up! As these parents and caregivers are shushing their children <laughs> because they're in the sanctuary. And we don't make noise in the sanctuary so every day, I would pick Nora up from the Penguins classroom. We would hold hands. We move through the hallways. She gets to the sanctuary door. She takes off, leaving me behind with her unicorn backpack and lunchbox. And then I come up and, and pick her up by her waist, dip her down a little bit, and she would put her hands, first her fingertips, into the water, splashing around a little bit. Then her whole hand goes into the water, and her hands are moving around. And then usually, without notice, it was as though we were sitting in the splash zone at the Shamu show at SeaWorld. Water is flying everywhere. I look like I messed myself in my pants, and then I have to walk again past preschool families to go home. But eventually that splashing would, would settle down, slow down back to that curious swirling. I would set her down, we would walk out of the sanctuary and we would go home. And this continued for a, a, a few weeks. Each day, her curious, joy-filled splashing at the middle of our shared lives together. And then one day, I'm, I'm picking Nora up and her hands are in the water and like it's the splash time of this ordeal. And I hear a voice coming from the door, but because of Nora's pick-me-up and her giggling and her laughter, I couldn't hear what the person said. So uh, I said, excuse me, and I set Nora down on the ground, and, and I turned and I faced the door, and this person said to me, I said, what do you think you are doing? Oh, I replied, we're just, we're, we're playing in the water. This person took a, a deep breath, 
geared up. You're playing. You're playing in the baptismal waters. Don't you know this is the church's sanctuary? I don't think the church or the pastors would appreciate you using the sanctuary baptismal water as your personal water table. Before I could say anything, she continued, if I were you, I would stop right now before one of the pastors of this church catches you and asks you to leave. You wouldn't want to lose your spot in the preschool. (laughs) So Nora is standing next to me at this point. She's looking up at me, confused. She has no idea what's going on. I took a breath, remembered Pastor Sarah has encouraged me to be softer in my pastoral responses, and I said, I don't think the pastors will mind. But before I could introduce myself as Reverend Jeff Goodman, I was, I was interrupted. This concerned preschool parent or, or caregiver, this person I had never met before, said that I should be ashamed for teaching my child or not teaching my child how to behave in a holy space. She said that I should actually consider attending this church so that I might learn what that bulb actually meant. I grabbed Nora by the hand, got our unicorn backpack and lunchbox. I said, let's go home, Nora. And I turned to the person, I said, yeah, I'll consider coming next Sunday. John the baptizer was a wilder character than my friend I met here in the sanctuary. John lived in the wilderness And he was proclaiming a baptism of repentance. John was extending an invitation to anyone who would hear to prepare for the coming of the Messiah. John wore clothing made of camel's hair. I know, it sounds very comfortable. And he spent his time eating locusts and wild honey. That's what sustained him while he was in the wild. John's invitation to baptism was was really an invitation for uh, repentance. Repentance is a fancy church word of saying to turn. It's not just saying I'm sorry for what I've done. It's actually physically turning your body, your whole self, your life away from your sin and back towards God. And so for John, this is a reorienting of one's life towards the righteousness found in God's law. John's baptism was a reminder to Israel that in Exodus, when Moses parted the Red Sea and when Israel escaped to freedom, Dr. Stanley Hauerwas, he's an ethicist and professor at Duke Divinity, he writes, Israel had to face its own death as it walked across the dry land between the walls of water. John's baptism called Israel again to face their own death so that they might live again. Repentance is about the life and death of the people of Israel. The late Pope Joseph Ratzinger, Pope Pope Benedict, wrote, For John's baptism, John the Baptist, not John the Gospel writer, the goal is to truly leave behind the sinful life one has led until now, and to start out on the path to a new and changed life. And then Matthew tells us that that Jesus arrives at the banks of the Jordan River. Jesus is entering into the wilderness, leaving the safe confines of Galilee. And when John sees Jesus coming, and Jesus asks, asks to be baptized by John, John rebukes him. 
I need to be baptized by you, John says. And you come to me? And then Jesus, speaking for the first time in Matthew's gospel, tells John that he, Jesus, must be baptized by John so that all righteousness, all of God's law, is fulfilled. Jesus, the fulfillment of the law, submits himself so that we might see the righteousness of God fulfilled. Jesus is placing himself under the law, becoming just like us. Then, when Jesus resurfaces, because I'm assuming at the Jordan River you don't get sprinkled or poured over, it's a full immersion. As Jesus comes up and the water runs off his hair and then his face and then down his torso, the heavens break open and the Holy Spirit descends like a dove. A voice calls out from the heavens, this is my son, my child, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased And with that dissension of the Holy Spirit, with that title, my son, the beloved, Jesus' ministry takes off. Jesus Christ is unleashed on the world. Submitting to John's baptism, just as Christ will submit to his own crucifixion, he acts with a singular goal that we, all of us, might know the goodness, the grace of God and God's rule over all of creation. Just as Jesus became like us in every way, in our own baptisms, whether you were sprinkled or or dunked or poured over, whether you were an infant, a teenager, an adult, or a slightly older adult, in our own baptisms, baptisms, we are buried into a death like Christ's, dying to our own selves so that we can begin to live like Jesus Christ in every way justified and innocent, forgiven of our sins when we are before God. So just as the heavens opened and declared by God, this is my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased, at your baptism, at your baptism, the same was declared. This is my child with whom I am well pleased. Righteousness before God, being right not blame, blameful for our sins, blame-filled, I'm sorry, for our sins, is a gift to each of us through the grace and the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And at our baptisms, we are sealed with a declaration, a declaration that cannot be undone by anything you've done or anything other people will say about you, that you are beloved. The pressures of our world, especially where we live, say that our worth or our belovedness is determined by how well we produce or we perform, how well we hide our anxieties, or if you have kids, how well your kids will behave in public. And we forget, we forget that when Jesus' ministry was unleashed on the world, the way of the world took a back seat to the ways of God. And friends, the ways of God begin with water. Baptism is not reserved for those who have unwavering faith because if it were, no one would be baptized. It is not reserved for those who perfectly understand the church's doctrines. 
or those who have accomplished every act of works righteousness declared by someone wearing a robe or a headset attached to a mic pack. The belovedness bestowed on each of us at our baptism is from God. It's not from anyone in this world. For every single one of us, for those we forget, look past, or say are unworthy, for those up in the cheap seats, or those down here in the front row, as Pastor Sarah would say, for scoundrels and losers, for sinners and saints, your belovedness is to be celebrated with childlike wonder and awe, and I dare say splashing. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote that baptism is not just a ritual. It is a way of life. It's not just about getting what, it's about being reborn as a new creation in Jesus Christ. A new creation that, that sings praises, that proclaims and dances and giggles and splashes. Baptism is not about securing your place in heaven or securing someone else's place in heaven. Baptism, as Reverend Fleming Rutledge writes, is about being sent into the world to live for Jesus Christ right now. We are not talking about something that is going to happen. We're talking about God's work here and now. So go out into the world, enjoying your belovedness so much that it causes people to stop and stare and wondering what in the world is going on. Your belovedness is sealed. It's yours. Filled with childlike wonder and awe. Remember your baptism and be thankful. And later today, as you are invited to come forward to remember your baptism and to have, share in a meal around Christ's table of grace. Don't be afraid to splash a little. Amen.